This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, and in just a few minutes, Dr. Bobby Birdie from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers will join us in studio to talk about the latest in dental techniques and, most importantly, how to get your smile back. But first, here are some more of the top consumer stories we're following this week. The amount Canadians owe relative to their income ticked higher in the fourth quarter of last year, Statistics Canada told us on Thursday. That means there was roughly a buck seventy-nine in credit debt for every dollar of household disposable income in the fourth quarter. Now, the Royal Bank senior economist, a guy named Josh Nye, wrote a report about all of this and says, quote, it will take a long period of household income outpacing credit growth to deliver meaningful improvement in the debt-to-income ratio. The Household Debt Service Ratio, or DSR, is the total payments of principal and interest on credit debt as a proportion of household income. And it increased up a couple of points from the previous quarter. Here's Josh's summary. Quote, when, while we expect the Bank of Canada won't be raising rates again until later this year, the DSR is still likely to edge higher in coming quarters as homeowners renew fixed rate loans at a higher interest rate. A couple of weeks ago, we told you Equifax Canada reported consumer delinquencies climbed higher in the fourth quarter of last year, and then they went on to warn rising delinquency rates are likely to become the norm this year, and here's why. Credit market debt, which includes consumer credit and mortgage and non-mortgage loans, totaled nearly $2.2 trillion in the fourth quarter, and mortgage debt reached nearly $1.4 trillion. The federal election budget is coming in a few days, and we will be full of new spending. Canada has a debt problem, too, and any new money you'll hear about on Tuesday will be borrowed money. Oh, it appears power has corrupted the new Corvette. Chevy announced a delay in development of the new vet this week due to, well... Too much power. With the base model set to deliver 500 horsepower, the new, more muscular version of the Corvette is having problems with the 1,000 horsepower it's trying to achieve. Apparently, engine covers are warping, which is a problem. Prices will range between 60,000 for the base model and 125,000 if and when they ever fix that pesky power problem. Vancouver has been ranked as the second best city for public transit in Canada. While some may be a little surprised, the new ranking comes from Redfin, a tech-powered real estate brokerage which based its first ever transit score ranking on the company's walk score, which rates locations based on how convenient they are to public transportation. So that transit score shows that local public transit is both convenient and runs frequently. According to Redfin, looking at big cities with population of over 300,000, Toronto, Montreal, sorry, Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal took the three top spots in that order with ratings of 78, 74, and 67 with a score of 74. Our transit score holds an edge over several large U.S. cities, ranking above Boston and Washington, D.C. The only other B.C. city to make the top 15 is Surrey, which came in at number 12. Okay, so we're pretty good at public transit. 
Apparently, there are other things we still need to work on, as this next story illustrates. Start spreading the news. New York has been named the most exciting city in the world again. The Big Apple came out on top in an annual index by global magazine Time Out, beating off competition from Chicago, L.A., Melbourne, London. Based on surveys of more than 35,000 people in 48 different cities around the world, the Time Out Index of 2019 also indicated New York is the city most people want to visit this year. New York's high ranking was attributed to its diversity and culture, as well as its world-class restaurant and art scene, with 91% of those surveyed agreeing there's always something to do or see in the city that never sleeps. The top five towns according to the Time Out Index in the world, New York, of course, number one. Number two is Melbourne. Three, Chicago. Four is London. Number five is Los Angeles. Montreal is the top Canadian city at number six, Toronto next at 23. The closest any city around here got to making the list, Seattle at number 38. And those are some more of the week's top consumer stories we're keeping an eye on. We'll have a look at some more later in the hour, too. But coming right up, the latest in dental techniques and technology from the world-class dentists from BC Perio. Stay with us. This is Vancouver Consumer, and you're listening to CKNW. Welcome back to the show. Sterling Fox with you. Just enjoying the heck out of a beautiful Saturday afternoon and uh, enjoying the, uh, the the company of our next guest. Dr. Bobby Birdie is back with us from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers in Vancouver and in Coquitlam. Dr. Bobby Birdie, good to see you again, sir. How you doing? I am well, thank you. Good to uh, have you with us. Uh, a couple of things. We, you're, you're a professor at the University of Minnesota, an adjunct professor there. We went to school for a while. Yep. And you're also lecturing in dentistry at UBC. And I wanted to talk to you about a story I heard uh, just a couple of days ago, and and you can comment on, if you would, please, the the difference even between when you were in school not too, too long ago and what they're teaching now, because you're one of those teachers, in terms of the combination of medicine and dentistry. And here's the story. The story is, it it was an American story, about a little girl who went for one, I believe it was either her first or second ever dental checkup. She was three. During the checkup, the dentist has her in the chair and he's doing all the stuff, the usual drill, and uh, no pun intended, and uh, going through uh, the routine examination and discovers something that is wrong. He sees the, the or this, this child's mouth is presenting indicators, Bobby, of, of something really terribly wrong. So he advises the little girl's mom and dad that I, I'm noticing things here that you really should follow up on. Pronto. So mom and dad, take the dentist's advice, take the little girl to the doctor. She has a form of cancer for which she is treated and from which she is currently in remission. The story ends with the little girl going back to her dentist's office with a thank you card. Oh, that's cute. It is a cute story, but what I wanted you to comment on is that intersection of medicine and dentistry. How would a dentist know that this child had something seriously medically wrong. So, you know, a lot of people don't understand the, how dentists are trained. Um, classically, you know, dentistry used to be a, a part of medicine at some point, but the way that it works now is that, um, you know, and even when I went to dental school, our first two years of school were with the medical students. So we work hand-in-hand hand with medical students and, and, you know, people that are going through medical training. And a lot of your training in, in dentistry is, you know, you learn about pathology, you learn about biology, and you learn about how to, how to look at things. But even just now in the last, you know, few years, the link between, you know, 
know, dentistry and medicine has become more and more just stronger. And mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny because we we separate them in terms of professions, but we don't necessarily like your head's not and your mouth's not a different part of your body. It's still part of your body. It all, it all works together. So it's just kind of facetious that we go about it that way. But it is it is what it is. But uh, now, for instance, you know, like just this past you know few months ago, they came out with a study that showed that people that have you know Alzheimer's disease is, is related to periodontal disease. To be able to have you know the people that actually have susceptibility to Alzheimer's disease, that it showed a link to and a correlation with having periodontal disease or having bad gums, for instance, right? And now, are they working on a cause and effect kind of thing? Yes, that, uh, it absolutely. sounds like they're, that's where they're aiming at they're, least. They're, well, they're aiming at it, but it's also one of those things where you can't really. It's really difficult to prove anything sure, in, in sure. research, but to, to show a, cor- a cor- correlation is really important. Um, same same thing, for instance, like when it comes to other things, d- periodontal disease has become one of those things that now we see a lot of direct links, like with atherosclerosis and cholesterol and heart disease. And, you know, a lot of these kind of, you know, inflammatory responses or metabolic diseases, uh, we're seeing a, a direct correlation with periodontal disease or, or having poor health mm-hmm. and then having susceptibility. We're seeing some of the plaques that are in your arteries with the bacteria that are in those plaques can be the very same bacteria that come your from teeth? your mouth. Oh, is yeah. that right? Huh? And so it's, uh, it's interesting. So as a dentist, when you go to see, when, when a patient or a person goes to see their dentist and a dentist sits down or even your hygienist sits down and looks in your mouth and takes a look at everything, well, at that point, they're not just looking at your teeth. They're looking at your tongue and, and then your gums and what's underneath your tongue and, and everything else and you're making sure everything stays all right. And, and every single week we're looking at something differently as a periodontist where, where, you know, we're doing biopsies and making sure that things are normal because there's numerous times that we've diagnosed something that's out of the ordinary and there's numerous times that a dentist will look in someone's mouth and say, well, this doesn't look right. right. And then all of a sudden, you know, just like the story you mentioned, mm-hmm. we're, we're saving someone's life in some way or, 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 or getting them treatment sooner than they may have noticed because a lot of times these diseases, it's kind of like everything else. I got an ache and a pain and you know, it's okay. It'll be better next week. Sure. And, and uh, it's easy to, to forget it and just, you know, push it under the rug for a while. So the idea of course is the earlier the intervention, the more likely the uh, a successful outcome. Absolutely. And I will tell you the one thing that is, um, you know, in my humble experience is that when something is manifested in the mouth, it's, a big deal because a lot of times the mouth is because of the tissues are so vascular and the turnover and the healing ability is so much better than the rest of the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, the ability, the fact that something is manifest in the mouth normally is, a, is something that needs to directly be looked at right away. Right. Yeah. So you didn't name your company BC Perio Dental Health and implant centers for for any kind of uh, unknown reason at all. Dental mm-hmm. health is key to uh, to what you do and all of your colleagues at BC Perio. Absolutely, we look at everything. Not to, we're not just there to replace teeth or just to do fancy cosmetic work all the time. We're we're there as practitioners and and as overall therapists for the mouth, and we want to make sure that. Uh, you know, we, we look at everything all together and every, every week, every day, we're looking at people differently and, and, and we're using new tools, new technologies, whether it's, you know, um, directing or checking cancer and or checking different types of tissues and whatever else we've got to do, uh, with radiology and radiography, we're doing everything we can to make sure. And, and that's why I encourage everyone to go see their dentist. A lot of people say, well, I'm, I'm, nothing hurts. I don't yeah. have any problem. It's a lot of times, not just that you want to go see your dentist and go see your dental hygienist. So they take a look. Just like you go to see your doctor every year and, yeah. and they take a look. If, you, if, if, it's, if it's strangely important to you to have an annual medical checkup, why wouldn't the same ethic apply to your mouth? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I understand there's a cost factor involved and all that, but 
it's well worth it to get looked at. Well, a dental checkup, uh, the basic exam and that sort of procedure is generally speaking covered by most uh, dental plans as well, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. So it reduces the financial impact, at least to get a look taken. Yeah. And knowledge is power. As soon as you know, then you can take a look and, and see what's going on. And, and especially if you're, if, you're, if you're smoking or you're doing any of those types of things, I think that that's even with all the vaping and all the other stuff we have going on, it's, I would say, even more mandatory because you, you want to take a look because those things manifest in your mouth tremendously quickly. So you would, uh, you know, you've been at this a long time. You, you're a doubles a specialist, a board certified in two practices. You look at mouths for a living. How different is it? Or how quickly can you identify a smoker without asking the person in the chair, do you smoke? Before I look in their mouth. Okay. Yeah. Like, like when it comes to someone who smokes on a routine basis or is using tobacco products or is vaping, vaping. all the time. That's, that's where I'm going with this. All of that. Um, yeah. And then, like, you know, people say, well, it's vaping. It's cleaner. It's, yeah. it's not as bad. Well, the, the most recent studies in the last, you know, two years have been mostly on vaping and the, the relationship between vaping and periodontal disease and vaping and oral cancer and oral issues the correlation is the same. It's okay, no that's, that's what no I different. want to ask because yeah, this is very popular, especially among younger absolutely. people. And that's the difference. It's difficult as a practitioner to, and as a parent even to think of it because you think about it now, it's not only that, it's, it's almost undetectable sometimes right. if they get the right flavor, the right whatever have you. And, and it's becoming more and more readily available and I understand that. But yes, the, the relationship between vaping and the relationship between cigarettes, and it, it's very similar. And the relationship with that and the effects in your body and the effects or in your oral cavity are pretty much the same. I uh, wanted to ask you then, if you are a vapor or a smoker of whatever materials, it's incumbent upon you to do twice as much in terms of maintaining, brushing your teeth and all of that stuff. Just basic, if you smoke, twice the reason to maintain basic dental uh, health practices. Absolutely. You have twice the risk in most things when it comes to the oral cavity. If you, if you are a consistent user of, of, uh, of cigarettes or, or vaping all the time. Okay. Now, we've talked about this before, but it's been many, many months. And it's, uh, you're talking about new technologies and new techniques, and I love it when you do. But this is an old, an old technique, flossing. Remember, we, we talked about oh, this yeah, many yeah, months yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. It came out, this is back last year, in yes. the last quarter of last year. Somebody somewhere published a report saying, well, you know that flossing stuff. <laughs> Boy, you just don't need to do it anymore. It's just not as important as it's always been made out to be for the last umpteen years. So relax and don't bother with it anymore. Uh, and a lot of dentists went, really? Uh, disagree, disagree. What, what, what's your position on all of that? So the... Um uh, how do I put it? The the way that that story came about was uh, a, a a gentleman was in the dental office and he's a he's a media person and and uh, the dentist said, well, if you want a story, here's a story. There's not a lot of evidence between the effic- on the efficacy of flossing, and he's not he's not wrong. Right. A lot of times when you look at there's um, no empirical proof yeah, that yeah, fro- a, the flossing is worth. Yeah. It. So so the the, it's, the the way it looks at look you look at it is in terms of how you relate um, research. It really gets really technical, but. What do you what do you care about? Do you care about are your teeth there or not, or did you spend a lot of money trying to keep them there or not? Mm-hmm. But basically, that's really it. A lot of studies will show survival studies. They'll say, okay, well, you know, if you eat, you know, lemons every day, your teeth might last a long time, but they're going to be beat up, and you're going to have to get a lot of work done on them throughout the time because of all the citric acid. Exactly. Right. So when it comes to flossing, flossing does it relate to the the fact that you're going to keep your teeth? The, the studies show, yes, it does, uh-huh. but the relationship isn't as strong as you'd think. But think of it this way. If you don't floss, 
and then you, you're susceptible to getting cavities. And most cavities don't happen on the front or the top of the teeth. It's in between the teeth that mm-hmm. most people get cavities. Well, that's because you're not flossing. And so you might go through fillings, then you go through more work, and then you go through a root canal, and then maybe you go through a crown, and then eventually you lose a tooth. And, and when that happens... How much money did you spend along the way and everything else? So Versus the cost of a couple of packages of dental floss. Exactly, and getting a little string and getting it out. I will tell you that in our office, we, we do tell everyone to floss. The one thing that we tremendously um, recommend to all our patients is using oral irrigation or like a water pick or something like that because it's like a it's like having like a water hose for your mouth and you get in and it's the studies have shown that it's as 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 effective as flossing as it can be um, using it in adjunct with flossing and brushing is probably the best thing you could possibly do it's refreshing and the biggest thing as a dentist or as a as any kind of practitioner in medicine is that it's fine and dandy that if we can show you that something is going to work. The key is whether or not you're going to use it. Right, of course. If you're going to actually do it, then it's fantastic. If you're not going to do it, then what's the use of telling you to do it? So what we do find is with oral irrigation and with water flossing in the mouth, people actually use it. It's the, the, the compliance rate is much higher. People actually will get it out and do it. It's refreshing. It feels like you're cleaner. Is it the same with electric toothbrushes? Absolutely. They're, they're, they're so easy. You just kind of point it. Exactly. And, 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 and there's, there's not a, a lot of work involved. And there's a timer involved, all that. When it comes to compliance and how often and how readily you're going to use it, and when it comes to things like that, I, like I said before, even when people get fancy in terms of like night guards or things, or things for like sleep apnea and all that stuff, I say that's great and fine and dandy, but... If it stays, if it stays on the night table, what's the use? If, it, if we want to make sure that we actually have someone actually use it, and we try to break down all the barriers so that we'll make something that's acceptable for them to actually use. Okay, so uh, again, uh, basic dental health practices—the kind you learned about in elementary school—really <laughs> have not changed, except the toys have. You don't have to—you don't have to do a lot of brushing anymore. You just hold that electric thing and, and point it at your tooth and lean on it a bit, and it's all done for you. Absolutely, but it's the same basic information you learned in grade one. Absolutely. No different. And you know what? In the end, it's just a matter of keeping your teeth clean and cleaning them at night before you go to bed is always the most important time. Right. It's, it's the most important time because all the, 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 the saliva, the bacteria, all that stuff gets going at nighttime when you're not eating, talking, sleeping, drinking, all that stuff. When you're just sitting there snoring and your mouth gets dry, that's when all the, the bugs get to your teeth and, and everything else. That's the time that, that, that it's the worst time. So the best time to and the most mandatory time to clean your teeth is right before you hit the hay. Interesting. And of course, that's for many of us, that's, that's the last thing you Absolutely. feel like, oh, I've had it, I've, I've had the biscuit, I'm going to bed, see ya, bang. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I hear you. Well, it's true. Well, you know, again, I, I know it's pretty basic stuff for a high-tech guy like you, but we do appreciate the it, just the important reminder of the basics of dental health, stuff that we've all known about all our lives, but sometimes a maybe not so gentle nudge in the ribs is, is, is a good thing to do. So I appreciate your patience on that. Speaking of which, let's open up the phone lines. We're going to take a break for the news here. But if you have any dental health questions, we've got the pro in the chair in the room. So it's uh, 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. Your call's on any dental issues to Dr. Bobby Birdie of BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers in Vancouver and Coquitlam after the news. 
Welcome back to the program. Sterling Fox with you, joined in studio by Dr. Bobby Birdie from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers in Vancouver at 777 West Broadway and in Coquitlam at 1175 Johnson Street. We did open the phone lines, Dr. Bobby, before the news, uh, 604-280-9898. For those of us the, who might have some questions of the dentist while he's in the house and the price is right. <laughs> Rich in Richmond, thank you for your patience. Appreciate your waiting. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Uh, I just got a different perspective I'd like to share and maybe see if uh, the good doctor there could uh, talk about a little bit and maybe I could garner uh, a little bit of insight into my habits and why they may or may not be working well for me. What's that? So I'm so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm coming up on about 40 years old okay. and uh, I go to the dentist about once every 10 years. And when I and, I, and I, and I hear the shock in your voice, uh, uh, and that's the same shock I get when I see the dentist, and then what he proceeds to tell me is that whatever I've been doing, continue doing it, because it's perfect. All right. Um, I've got no cavities, and I've never had any, you know, any issues with my gums or anything. Now, what I've done, um, and I heard your, your bit on the importance of brushing your teeth prior to going to bed. Right. And my thoughts have always been that one of the biggest defenses that you have against uh, your teeth, um, decay and cavities and such, is your saliva. And you want to disrupt and remove the saliva in your mouth as, as uh, less frequently as possible. Obviously, you don't want your breath stinking, so I've brushed my teeth once in the morning, every morning, since I've been alive. Or uh, can I remember, anyway. Well, first of um, all, uh, we'll get the doctor, the pro in here with an opinion, but first of all, just for the laypersons, uh, you, you have remarkably good luck. <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if you get that kind of report showing up once every 10 years, and whatever you're doing, just keep it up because you're A-OK. You are one lucky guy. Now, over to you, Doc. You know, uh, you know, Rich, uh, I can relate to you tremendously. So when I came, you know, my parents are immigrants, they came to the country, and they didn't learn, they didn't know lots about oral hygiene practices and dentistry and together, and and so we did the same thing. We were we were taught to brush our teeth once in the morning because that way your breath didn't stink really bad. Right. And we didn't know what floss was and all that stuff. And I've never had a cavity either. But what I'll tell you is that we are the lucky ones. Uh, we're, we're, you're riding the beauty of genetics that are helping you out. Um, where your saliva or salivary content is helping you out and it's working well for you. And, and, and that happens to a lot of people. There's lots of people out there. Just like there's lots of people that smoke a pack a day and live to 100 years old right. and lots of people that smoke a pack a day and they and get cancer. And die at 35. Exactly. So yeah. it's one of the things that you're definitely gifted genetically in the fact that the environment that you're putting yourselves into and how you're going about it is working well. I will tell you that um, eventually that does run out for everybody. Right. Uh, eventually age does get to you and eventually things do get to you. And at that point, it's a matter of, well, did you wait 10 years and, and eight of those years were really bad for your mouth or or what? So having someone check at least once a year, I think, is very important just to make sure that even if you get that A-OK check every every year, at least you're not waiting the whole 10 years to get to it. If something in, indeed is Abs- going wrong. Absolutely. Now, having saliva, saliva is yeah, definitely... Yeah, I was going to ask yeah, you about that so, whole so, notion of yeah, the no, saliva I mean, being not, nature's and, best preservative. It is, and Rich is not wrong. So your salivary content is fantastic, and, and it, the pH in your mouth and the acidity and all 
all that stuff is buffered by your saliva and there's lots of stuff in your saliva that helps to keep things going. But you want to make sure that the saliva gets to your teeth. And that's why if you clean them before you go to bed, you're cleaning all the plaque and everything off the teeth. Well, then your saliva can get to things and actually help you out versus if there's a whole bunch of gunk all over your teeth and you know, the, the saliva really can't get to things as often, right? And that's when things get caked on and it's where you get tartar and calculus and all that sure. stuff going on. So it's much better if you can get to it. Interesting. Thanks for the call, Rich, you lucky guy. Uh, as we go to North Van, Fern, good afternoon. Hello, hello. Yes, uh, I've got a, I think it's a serious problem. I've had it for about a year. And it's, I've got some, two teeth broken off below the gum. Okay. And I, and I don't want to, re- I want one my teeth replaced, but I do not want false teeth. Okay. Um, and. Yeah, continue, keep going. And I'm just uh, wondering if that is that's a, a real serious problem, my tooth broken off below the gum. Well, if your tooth is broken off below the gum, it all depends on where it is and if it's root canal or not. And and uh, I'll tell you that uh, the fact that you don't have a, a large infection or a lot of pain basically means that you've probably broken it and not really included or had it, um, you know, in, invade the, the the pulp or the nerve of the tooth, and that's why it's been all right. But the having the tooth broken off. Uh, below the gum, uh, it can be a problem because you can still get a cavity on that root. And if you still get a cavity in the root, then it can still get it infected and still have an, a root canal problem. So, you know, I think it's a great idea for you to, to come visit the dentist and, and to have uh, the ability for someone to take a look at it and see if you do need to have those removed. And even if you did, getting false teeth is not, is not always an option. We can, there's lots of different options out there. There's dental implants, there's bridges, yeah. there's lots of other possibilities out there. And it's not always just one thing every time. And, and uh, I'm sure it'll work just well for you. So uh, I think it's best for you to go to see somebody. I want implants, so I've been listening uh, to you people whenever I can. So, But I haven't had the funds, but now it's going to be okay, so I have to look after it. And I just wanted to know, like I'm scared of infection, you know, of, mm-hmm. uh, of the situation, but it hasn't, uh, it hasn't bothered me lately. It did, but I went to one dentist, and he gave me a prescription for some stuff that I just put on the, put on the area, and it did away with the infection and no more pain, and that's been six months. Sure. I haven't had any pain. Well, well again, uh, another lucky customer well, here. No, <laughs> no exactly. And you know what? And the thing about it is that, Vern, it's not that it won't happen again. If it happened once oh, and you... No, I, oh, it, I know. No, it'll I it'll happen them. again. And remember, every single time it happens, you lose bone in the area. I, every I, single I, time. I want them replaced, so I'll be in to see. I just was a bit concerned uh, because... Uh, of it uh, being infected, but it's, there's no pain or nothing, and it just sort of went away. Well, that's, that's good. Do make it a point. Uh, Vern, if you're looking for the contact number to get a hold of Dr. Birdie and his colleagues at BC Perio, uh, you, you can find them on the website, uh, and that's bcperio.ca. BC Perio is P-E-R-I-O, bcperio.ca, and uh, that'll get you uh, to the phone number. You probably, uh, coming off the North Shore, will want to go to the West Broadway location in downtown Vancouver uh, and uh, just give them a shout and, and set up an appointment, and uh, they'll take good care of you. I have the numbers already. Excellent. So I'm okay there. All right. Well, okay. I look forward to seeing you down there on West Broadway. Vern, Thank thanks you. very much for the call as we go to Langley next. Al, good afternoon to you. Oh, hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I have a double-sided question. Um, I have a I have it doesn't involve me, it's my son okay. who has a major problem in his mouth with one tooth. He is in agony most of the day. 
and uh, he's living on Advil and uh, Tylenol. Now, what the problem is, is that uh, he is an adult. He's almost 40, but he is only covered for emergencies. I'm sure you know what I mean by that. Yeah. Um, okay. And uh, he, So he's intimidated by the cost of a dental visit? Is that it? My question to, to you is, why is it $2,500 to fix a tooth, number one? And number two... What do people that just do not have those those resources, what are they supposed to do? Two right. very fair questions. Yeah, yeah, Thank you. Yeah, those are fun questions. So what I'll, what I'll tell you is that it doesn't always cost 2500 bucks to fix a tooth. It right. just depends on the, the situation. Well, and this the, kid, his son, he's not a kid. He's 40. But his yeah, son exactly. sounds like it's, it, if he's in agony most of the day, every day, it's probably fairly complicated. Well, it could be. And the other thing, too, is that there's always the other options. There's options of removing the tooth for now and replacing it later. There's also the option of having a root canal done and having something patched for a while and then building it up later. Uh, if you feel that you haven't got all the options that you think are possible or, or are out there, then I think there's no more, more than one dentist out there in the world that you can go see and, and, and take a look and see, see him for a second opinion because, you know, there's not always a set price. And, and there's lots of people that can't afford that price. I, just, I don't disagree with you whatsoever. Sure. And that's why there's more than one option for every single patient, for every single situation. And, and for us to take a look at you and, and be able to provide those options is why we, why we do what we do, to, for you to be able to get all the options that are put forth in front of you and for you to make the best decision for you. Right. And, and that's really what it breaks down to. It's no different than you know, getting anything else done in life. There's lots of different ways to go about it, and there's lots of different prices involved. So let's take the take. The- that as an example, just to, to, to carry the, the thought one step th- uh, further, uh, if this person, for example, is in such extreme discomfort that maybe he just wants to go somewhere and have that blinking tooth yanked, and then we'll take it from there. That's not going to cost twenty five hundred bucks. No, is it? gosh, that would cost just a few hundred dollars, Matt Max, probably. But it's not very expensive at all to have a tooth removed. Right, and yeah. then and then that's the the short term pain or agony, as it sounds, it's pretty extreme. So and, yeah. that, that is resolved almost immediately for a relatively affordable price. Absolutely. And most times, um, I always say this, most insurance companies will cover an extraction because it's one less tooth to insure. So right. it's, it should be most times covered to remove the tooth. Okay. Talk to us, though, about, and let's take this further and, and, and talk about what happens after the extraction. Because, as you say, uh, there are more options. A lot of people seem to think there are only two. There's either uh, a denture of some kind or an implant, and that's it. It's either A or B. That's all you get. And that's just not the case. That's not the case. There's lots of different options out there. We can, you know, a classic dental-related bridge where we, you know, we either bond something in or we use the teeth on either side of the space as to, to hold a, a bridge that connects them all together to replace that tooth. It's great treatment. There's nothing wrong with a bridge. It's just a matter of uh, picking the situation and understanding. And that's a, that's a treatment that's a lot of time covered by lots of insurance companies, but also um, is much faster than, let's say, just having something out or having an implant sometimes. It just depends on the case. Uh, having their tooth removed and doing nothing is also an option. It's always an option just to let it sit for a while and then decide. It will on, heal itself. Yeah, that, it will heal itself it, and then decide on how you want to go about that later on. Uh, you can get a, a partial denture or some sort of a, a false tooth in the area as well. Right. And then you can also get an implant too, right? And so there's lots of options that are possible in the area. Uh, every situation is different. You just got to decide um, what's the best in, in each specific case. That's all. 
Friends, I keep referring to our guests from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers as the world-class dentists from BC Perio, and here's why. This, this, this guest, and there are others in his crew that travel almost as much, but today's guest, Dr. Bobby Birdie, in 2019, will make dental presentations in Palm Springs, Halifax, London, Budapest, Prague, Zurich, Malaysia, India, and Shanghai. Almost all of those presentations all over the planet are going to be on something called Teeth in One Day. Is it rare in other parts of the world? It seems you and I, of course, talk about it most times when you come to visit. But is this, first of all, tell us what it is, and is it rare elsewhere? You know, Teeth in One Day is a, is a, is a great uh, tag term or, or tag phrase. Basically, it means that, you know, we can, we can take a tooth out and place an implant and put a tooth on it the same day. It can be one tooth. It can be multiple teeth. It can be a whole mouth of teeth. There's, there's lots of different options out there. And, and it, it, it's quite different than having to take a tooth out and, re- and wait and re- have it remain for months and months and months and go through multiple different treatments. We just had this happen for a patient yesterday. She came in, she had a broken tooth, and she's had another implant before. And she said, okay, was this going to be a two-year process? I said, well, how about one day? And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, we can remove the tooth and we can put an implant in. I can put a tooth on it for you, or we can forego that the temporary tooth and you can wait a couple months and get your tooth. Sure. That all works. And she said, okay, let's sit down. And we, we did it in a good amount of about 45 minutes and she's out the door. So it's one of those things where that type of treatment is, it's not that it's rare everywhere. It's just not as mainstream. Let's put it that right. way. It's still it, new. It, it, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. It's actually quite not that new. It's been around since the nineties, but it's just, it's a lot more work. It's right. a lot, it's a lot more, um, the skill set and just the, the, the attention to detail and, and making sure you can control all the factors is, is important. Um, you've also got to be able to do both surgical and prosthetic therapy, which means that you got to be able to do the surgery and you got to be able to put the tooth on it. Right. A lot of times those are separated out depending on which office you're in. Sure. And so all of that together really helps to be able to, for us to provide something at BC Perry where we're more of a one-stop shop where we can do that all for somebody in one spot. We even make the teeth. And with 3D printing and milling and provide that. And that's something that's rare throughout the world in, in lots of places. So we go from place to place and, and tell them how the, how the power of that is and how the ability to control all that really helps your patients. They get their teeth faster and it's predictable. Man, and it's a great travel itinerary for you for 2019. <laughs> hey, I envy you that part I, of I your job not, already. I am not complaining about getting to see the places for sure. And we're almost out of time. Thanks for all the calls today, by the way. Just to follow up on one of our callers' questions, how dangerous is it to walk around with a broken off part of a tooth, even if it doesn't hurt, in your mouth? Well, the thing about it is that whenever you have a broken off part of a tooth in your mouth, it's like a ticking time bomb. Okay, and so sometimes it can be just fine. And we had Dr. Weinstock here last session, yeah. and he's in a root canal specialist, and he'll tell you sometimes people can be just fine, and sometimes a lot of times it blows up and then it becomes a big abscess and infection, and they end up in our office. I've we had a case two weeks ago where someone came in with their whole side of their face swollen up, and wow. we had to deal with it. So it's one of those things where for dentistry, just because it doesn't hurt right now is not a good solution. It's just not a good thing, good way to go about it because a lot of the stuff that's happening, you can't tell and all of a sudden you show up and there'll be lots of bone loss in places and it doesn't happen overnight. It's all about prevention, isn't it? Absolutely. Good to see you again. Thanks for coming by. Always an entertaining hour when uh, we open up our phones to Dr. Bobby Birdie. Absolutely. Thank you so much. No problem. We're back after this. 
And once again, our thanks to Dr. Bobby Birdie from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers. And you can find them online at bcperio.ca. Another very informative visit. And thanks for your calls, too. Next week, we'll take the guesswork out of the planning process with the folks from Everything Financial. And John Carlson will have lots more on our ever-changing real estate scene. Time now for Duly Noted. And this time around, our producer, Ben Dooley, has a look at a new program to improve your apples and cherries. Sterling, the Federal Agriculture Minister was in the Okanagan on Monday to announce investment in new apple and cherry varieties. Marie-Claude Bibeau said $4.2 million will be available in BC and Ontario to breed varieties of the tree fruits that will help growers make better profit on their crops. Under the initiative, Summerland research teams will begin collaborating with Violent Research and Innovation Centre in Ontario to modernize their breeding and selection techniques. The techniques used help identify traits in very young plants, according to Summerland Varieties Corp. Research Program Manager Aaron Wallach. For example, they will be able to determine if an apple tree will produce crisp fruit before that tree is even old enough to flower for the first time. They will also develop modern technologies such as computer visioning to quickly and accurately evaluate thousands of genotypes, and thou- like I mean thousands of genotypes, so that they can identify those one or two tree fruit selections that are the most promising. The result will be many more cultivars with the potential to be transformative to the tree fruit in- industry in the way that Staccato and Centennial were transformative to the cherry industry. Harvest date optimization, long-term storage, and consumer choice will also be researched. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thanks, Ben. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before we go. Canadians heading to Europe will soon have to fill out specialized paperwork and pay a fee in order to travel around the continent. But don't worry, these new travel restrictions don't kick in until January 2021. In hopes of curbing illegal immigration and better protecting its border, the European Union said it's implementing restrictions for international travelers, including Canadians. Applicants will have to answer security questions as well as information about their travel plans, addresses, destinations, etc. And after providing the information, paying a fee of less than $15, passengers should re- receive their uh, approved uh, by a m- email within 24 hours. It's called the European Travel Information and Authorization System, or ETIAS. Again, nothing changes for a couple more years unless Europe decides to bump up the changes, in which case, of course, we'll let you know. And as long as we're on the subject, uh, the UK's post office has produced its annual city cost barometer comparing what visitors flying in to any city in Europe will cough up for a weekend enjoying all that city has to offer. The cheapest in Europe for the summer of 2019 is in, uh, well, it's Vilnius in Lithuania, where a couple of nights accommodations and seeing the town will cost you uh, just under $200. At the other end of the spectrum, the most expensive city in Europe, strangely enough, is Reykjavik, the capital of Iceland, where that $200 weekend in Vilnius, Lithuania, will set you back over $600. So there you go. Lots of options to know about. That is our show for this week, produced by Ben Dooley. Andrew Ferreira is at the controls. We appreciate your feedback, and if you have any thoughts or suggestions for the show, send them along to sterling at cknw.com or tweet us at vanconsumer. I'm Sterling Fox. Join us again next Saturday at 2 for another edition of Vancouver Consumer right here 
on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.